Hello and welcome to the But Here We Go podcast coming at you from But Here We Go Studios in Dallas, Texas. It was sunny today. There were some nice, pretty, beautiful, wonderful, big, puffy rain clouds that blew in. And guess how much rain we got? Absolutely nothing. I think we've probably not gone rain for what, like six, seven months now. I don't. <laughs> seven I've lost, months. It's like se- it's like seventy days or something like that. I tell you what, the I know people typically talk about weather when there's nothing to talk about, but the weather is it's kind of Oppressive. it's kind of a downer. Yeah, yeah, like it's really it's really messing with us. It's pretty hot. It's hot out. There's no rain. But you want to know what's what's also a downer? What? We were not that one person in Illinois who won the Mega Millions <laughs> Multiplier Jackpot Supreme Lotto situation. It's true. We did not win the Mega. What would be the first purchase you would make if you won the lottery? Mine is a house. Here's the house? Actually, in fact, like I want to own the houses on like all the houses on one like square block. And like live in one and then rental property the rest of them. I want a ranch. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm that going lake straight house for life. the ranch. No, Dude, not a lake house. I don't want a lake, want a lake ranch. house. I want a ranch. Speaking of ranch, and I know I'm all over the place right out the gate. Yeah. But you somehow talked Jake into getting a hunting dog one day, yep. which I'll never forgive you for. But I like Googled, he like brought it up again today. And so I Googled like hunting dog breeds <laughs> and I was not aware. Let me look it up right now. I was not aware that, um, hunting dogs are great and they literally can be anything. I'm still on team Basset hound, but I was not aware that a, oh my gosh, this doesn't even have it. It says like a Yorkshire terrier. Was considered yeah. a hunting dog. Yeah. But this also says a standard poodle is considered a hunting dog. Yeah. So there's there's several different types of Oh, hunting. this is a gun dog breed. Is that what you're wanting? Well, so when you're looking at hunting dogs, there are several different categories. So something like a basset hound would be more of a, the way I explained it to Jake, there are the sniffing dogs, which are primarily out there to sniff and sniff something down and basically track it. So a basset hound, those are often more used in either mountain lion tracking and hunting or in... Do people just like willy-nilly hunt mountain lion? They do. Is and there... It's not so willy-nilly. It's it's pretty... Uh, for protection if you're a, or for sport and to eat? For, for sport and eating, but in some, in some amount, there... I don't know if there are people who are like hired hunters to take care of problem mountain lions but right now there are a lot more mountain lion attacks occurring and there are a there are some hired hands if you will that specifically will take take and dispatch problem animals 
That's some fancy jargon over there. Sorry, I just have in 16 hunting dogs that don't shed because I ain't about that life. I ain't about that life. And I don't want a poodle, Joe. I don't want a poodle. Anyway, sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to slowly come to terms with the fact that we're probably going to get a dog in the next 10 years. If you could get any breed of hunting dog, what would it be? This little guy, this little border terrier, bro. So when it comes to terriers, How terriers, do you know so much about dogs? terriers are actually more of a a rodent hunting dog. So they, which is perfect. We eat tons of squirrel. Well, they use them, and I read this random article. There's a terrier hunt club. It's like Manhattan Island Terrier Hunt Club, and it is a group of of these people who live in Manhattan who have terriers and all they do is they have like a weekly meetup where they take their dogs on walks and they go find trash piles and they have their dogs kill the rats. Fascinating. So it's like this, it's a weird Community effort situation. Yeah. And they, they see it as this, this unique symbiotic relationship where they get to help their dogs have that, that natural instinct and get to do exercise and do what they were bred and born to do. And they're also in some way helping take care of a massive pest. pest. I'm going to tell you a description of a dog and I want, and then I'm going to show you the picture and we'll see if my description helps give you, if you you know what I'm talking about. And now I'm not, I probably won't know the specific breed. Right, right, right. Fabio as a dog. Fabio as a dog. That's Just think Lassie. of like a mental image. It's Lassie. And it's called an Afghan hound and it is allegedly a hunting dog. Okay. <laughs> it looks like it's modeling. It looks like a Victoria's Secret model yeah. as a dog. The Saluki's a hunting dog. A Saluki? The Egyptian yeah. dogs? Yeah. I don't like those dogs. It's a dog like this dog, which is not helpful for anyone listening at home. I'll add this list to the podcast, and then you can follow along. In fact, I'll make a poll, and everyone can vote on what breed of hunting <laughs> what dog. What breed? AKA, apparently, a um, Dalmatian is a hunting dog. Yep. How do you know all these things? One, they're all coming from wolves. So, way back when, they were all hunting dogs. They Are were they all, all carnivores. From Yes, they. How many well, different maybe wolves not. are there? Maybe not, but I would say yes. In that, going back, the thing that that anthropologists and I guess evolutionary biologists. No, not evolutionary biologists, but anthropologists getting into the other one that. It's like prehistoric humans and then modern humans, like when you can actually, when you don't have written, recorded information about them, and then when you do, Mm -hmm. there's like a difference there in terms of whether you're studying anthropology or or archaeology. That's what it is. So both, it's more archaeologists because they're the ones who studied prehistoric man. Looking back, you the earliest signs of dogs and humans cohabitating show that it looks like it was a progression of basically wolf packs were following 
nomadic humans and they were like living on the outside eating their scraps just kind of like getting this slightly mutually beneficial relation well that was not a beneficial relationship for the humans they didn't get anything out of it they got protection by other small animals yeah, kind of. Like mountain lions. So the wolves basically just ate the scraps. And then eventually, at some point, you start seeing clear cohabitation of, like, there are, there's like, for lack of a better term, there's like dog beds associated with all of the human archaeology stuff. That's fascinating. And you start seeing dogs buried with... Humans. Humans. So... I know you see that in Egypt a lot, I feel like. Uh, maybe more so with cats. But this is like... Pre-Egypt, pre right, right. This is prehistoric nomadic tribe people, right? Like uh, and they can, Neanderthals, mm, or not that far back. No, not that far back. These are okay. still humans. This is like twenty to ten thousand BC. Would you not classify a Neanderthal as a human? Because you are part Neanderthal. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tricky question. We we won't hop into That's, that. I want someone to show me how you can get a poodle like a miniature poodle from a wolf like i want the diagram that is lots and lots of small changes over time lots and lots of breeding for very specific things or like a pug like a pug yeah, dog I don't know how from you a get, wolf i don't know how you get the pug <laughs> but i could see how you could go from a wolf do you just keep getting, you find that curly haired one that just has a little bit of curl to it. Like you start with the and wavy hair the and you just keep breeding, breeding that wavy hair into a, a loose curl. And then you take that loose curl, start breeding it more until it's nice and tight, no longer shedding. And it's just like, boom, curls. So, you know, that there's like a historical battle between like dogs versus cats I mean, I'm sure they're fine, but like people like to make believe that in their heads. Yes. Okay. Historically speaking, which animal do you think, if you look at history from all that we know, who do you think won out on that? Who's currently winning the dog versus cat battle? Because you're like, yeah, dogs are man's best friend, highly popular. But then you're like, but cats were like treated as like godlike and like had whole, like, cities of Egypt dedicated to cats. I think in some places, dogs also have that. Name one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they exist somewhere. Wait, I think cats but, are winning. I don't even like cats. I don't like dogs. I, I'm not an I animal person. I don't know if cats are winning, though. Like, cats... I think cats are winning because they provide no... Or zero to little emotional reciprocation compared, like, relatively to dogs, and yet they still have humans wrapped around their fingers. Like, that's smart. Like, they don't even, like, give you love and affection, and you're still, like, providing for them. Meanwhile, dogs are, like, the the definition of love and affection, so it's like a dub, and yet we're still, like, taking care of cats. Like, they've they've figured out the system, and they don't even have to, like, pretend to like people anymore. These are the things that I think about. You think that they ever (laughs) pretended to like humans? I don't know. I'm not a cat person. I'm just saying, if you think about dogs loving humans, by and large, cats not so much, like, are generally known to be, like, aloof, right? And yet, cats are treated like, I mean, if you think of the two 
most popular pets. It's cats and dogs. Yet one treats humans with contempt and the other treats humans with love. Well, I think that I think you have to go back to why would people ever have pets in the first place? Why? Great question. So when you look at a dog, everything you're pointing out, love, affection, a warm body to add to the communal sleeping during the winter. So that way you've got more warmth. Mm. Somebody who can do something. Those cats dogs. Just pest control. Yeah. And the cats, they keep all of the rodents, all of the cockroaches, all the lizards. What else do the cats in the backyard kill? They, Other cats. The, <laughs> they, they make a lot of funny sounds One in the middle of the night. <laughs> so they do. But do dogs not get rid of pests to the same degree the cats do? No, I think a dog, you train it. You can train dogs for a specific purpose and do a specific thing. The cats generally are cool just like doing their thing, but they keep away all the pests. So they keep things clean and and tidy, so to speak. The dogs are there to to actually do work. That's right. I guess because dogs can like, generally carry stuff or like pull stuff to a degree hunt for things yeah it's more a cat's not a cat doesn't have like the body mass to like yeah i would say it's more the fact that the dogs are willing to cooperate willing to cooperate <laughs> whereas like a cat will go kill something and eat it whether it's like we've seen mo and larry eating cockroaches lizards and birds birds and rodents so they go and they basically try and keep everything clean not because we told them to but because they do right so i think that a lot of time where that first started and and what i feel like i see a lot more when i'm like out and about when am i out and about what am i talking about whenever i growing up living in in more rural America, in Podunk, Illinois, everybody had barn cats. And those barn cats... But did everyone have barns? The people who had barn cats did, in <laughs> fact, have barns. And yes, I lived in the middle of cornfields. So there were plenty of barns out there. And those those barns had their barn cats. And those barn cats, their primary job that they didn't know they had was to try and kill and eat all the rodents. So like that was, that was 10 out of 11 cats were outdoor barn cats. And I think, I I think even now, like we have, I guess you could say we have two cats, but we don't want to ever let them live in the house. And I think Mo is, is so dedicated to it simply because it's more comfortable. Like Mo's not dumb. Mo realizes that it is way more comfortable inside than outside. But we still haven't let her move in. But I'm sure that she would gladly Right. I just move think in. that the cats have are literally continuing to do the bare minimum and are still they've still received equal treatment to dogs. And so I think they're winning. And I stand by that. 
Okay. Way to go, cats. Well, uh, I guess we'll just have we'll, to wait and uh, see. We'll have to wait for uh, 10,000 more years or whatever yeah. to pass, and we'll check on the whole cats and dogs situation. You know, if I've learned anything from watching television, it's that the real winner was Cat Dog. Oh, my gosh. Cat I watched dog. that show, yet also Ooh. hated that show. Cat Dog really had it going on. Did you ever watch um, Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. Okay, so I feel like it's like the same animation, and it's similar to Ren and Stimpy, like that same kind of kind of weird animation style. I don't know if it was like purposeful by like the people who made those shows. They weirded me out so much. Like I watch, I never, I've never seen Ren and Stimpy, but I watched Rocco's Modern Life and I watched Cat Dog, and yet, like I always felt like super uncomfortable while watching that. Have you? Did you have the same experience, or am I just odd? I did not have that same experience. Really? Like it is a, it's a different style of animation. And I, it was also more gross humor. I yeah. Think. And looking back, yeah, gross humor for sure. And Rocco's Modern Life, I've seen articles that there's actually a lot of adult humor in it. Oh, like That you in? obviously don't get. Like Rocco works at a, at like a, call in sex line what yeah how i didn't realize was, is, that until how was i saw that on nickelodeon well they don't say stuff but like there's innuendos and it it's so he's like, like a, implied he's, he's like a uh, he's a phone sex worker stop yeah i think so are you serious this I is why so. okay so this is what i think because i was always a little bit beyond my years and i'm sure I, I i may not have like picked up on the specifics but i i definitely picked up on those vibes like something is off here that is not appropriate but i can't quite put my finger on it and yet i watched it anyway yeah it's uh how did cat dog poop that's why cat dog's the best because cat dog doesn't poop. You're right. Once somebody, well, like the cat eats something and then like the dog throws it up. I don't know. These are weird. Nickelodeon. They Nickelodeon just like wanted to be so like the the anti Disney that they just they were too weird. Have you heard? Um, and I don't know. If, there were a lot of shows on Nickelodeon around the time when we were younger. But since you're three years older than me, you may have missed this. But there was like iCarly and Zoe 101 and like a bunch of these and like like all that and like uh what's it called Drake and Josh and like those shows. Yeah. Uh, maybe not all that, but like Drake and Josh and iCarly and Zoe 101 were all produced by the same guy. He like directed produced it, and there have been for years there have been rumors that he was gr- a groomer. And hmm. was and he would sneak in again these like sexual innuendos and like multiple of the Nickelodeon stars have come out and be like he was super like creepy and like made everyone uncomfortable and yet he's still like a producer in Hollywood. Wow. So what is Nickelodeon needs to figure their stuff out because that's like ridiculous. Well, I think it sounds like everybody had that producer. Which is not a good excuse. <laughs> no, <laughs> everyone had no, it's it, so not, it's, it's not. Fine. But Nickelodeon's like. They're already uh, going downhill, so are they're they, good. Are they? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I truthfully couldn't even name you one show that was currently on Nickelodeon. I think Nickelodeon itself, like they closed the Slime Studio, whatever. Right, 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 like, right. right, not, right. We talked about this, I feel like, on a Yeah, I, I think they back. went bankrupt and they probably got bought by somebody, but. Well, they're still a channel and they're still making content. A lot of it's on Netflix, funny enough. Anywho, um. 
do you want to, I have, I have two other things to talk about. Yeah, let's move on. Okay. So I found out slash it's like currently trending on the TikToks, the talk ticks, the tickety talkies. Um, I'll cut that out. Um, that some people have an inner monologue while others do not. Do you know what an inner monologue is? Is that when you talk to yourself in your mind? Yeah. And I would venture to say that you either don't have an inner monologue or have it very rarely while I have mine literally all the time. Yeah. Was that fair? Is that a fair assumption? Um, cause there's like, there has been multiple times where I'm looking, I look at you and I ask you what you're thinking and you say nothing. And I'm like, no, really? And you're like, no, like I literally was not thinking about anything. And I've never not thought about anything in my life. Like that concept is not possible in my head. I'm always thinking about something, but you're able to not think about something or anything. Correct. There are times when I am sitting there and I don't necessarily have a, a cohesive thought running through my mind. I don't think there's ever a time when my brain is off because if it was off, I'd be dead. (laughs) But I think that there is a, a level of being able to be in the here and now. And I, for some reason I'm thinking about movies and TV shows. And for me, like I can, I can sit and watch a movie or a TV show and and be watching it and like be be a spectator with zero desire to try and predict the ending most of the time that ending is super obvious and it's like right there and I'm and I could very well Figure stop watching halfway through the movie because I already know the ending but I I can not let my mind go there. That sounds like a, like and a I, superpower. And I feel like that is something where you are with every step of the movie, every new scene, you have you are constantly Putting trying to figure out together. what is that ending. Right. I think that is the difference that maybe there is a period where I can be just ingesting data and not having to be Analyzing. Analyzing as well. Yeah, I'm like literally constantly analyzing. It's exhausting, truthfully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking about this inner monologue situation, which made me think back or just maybe, you know, leapfrog and analyze an inner monologue. I mean, it's safe to assume that like it's not safe. It's we know that the brain controls everything, correct? Correct. Okay, so and like our personality is held in our brain. I think it's in your foot, actually. <laughs> You're a tool. Um, <laughs> so I, if it was possible to do a brain transplant, would that just transfer that person's consciousness to another body? Or would... Does that make sense, what, my, what I'm speculating? Yes. So you're you're basically asking, can you... In a brain transplant, are you transplanting an organ? everything about the person? Right. Are you transporting a consciousness or are you just transporting an organ at that point? Is the a brain is an organ, right? Yeah. Right. No, I think it would be 
I would think it would be the the entire person, person consciousness, all of that. Wouldn't it be wild if it if it didn't? You just move the brain. All of a sudden, it's a well. I so it's an interesting question because if you look at something like Frankenstein, in there, Frankenstein, well the. The monster, I forget what the monster's name is. His name is. is just Frankenstein's monster. Is it, mm-hmm. He doesn't have an actual name. It's not well, like, I'll, you keep talking, it's I'll not look it up. Brandon or something? <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, so gosh. he does, he ends up with this, with this, um, he does not take on a consciousness from the brain. He is, he's not a baby, which is weird because he, He's never been alive, but he does not have, it doesn't say anything in there that he is like thinking that he was just went to sleep and now has woken up in this new body. But when you look at something like Get Out, is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. In Get Out, that's the whole premise is that you are taking the brain and that brain is the person and you are doing the brain brain transplant and by doing that brain transplant they have kept this this little little uh little town surviving something like three generations and for some reason now they are anyway that's That's i'll leave it at that (laughs) now i've ruined get out for all of you it's actually a really good movie go watch it no it's so good so good so good um frankenstein's monster does not have a name However, he does call himself when speaking to Victor Frankenstein, the quote, Adam of your labors. So apparently some people refer to him as Adam, but he's never named. It's always just like the creature or Frankenstein's monster. So why, where, so you went from inner dialogue to brain transplant. So like if my brain was transported to your body, would I still be inner monologuing? I, yes. Or, but then also like psychologically speaking, if my brain was put in somebody else's body because, like, my body failed or whatever, I think that would – because, like, I feel like your physical body is so much a part of you, too, in the in the way that – like, what if I was put into a body that was, like, seven inches taller or yeah. a different clothing size or – Different, I mean, different skin color, hair color. All those things are also a part of our personalities so, and stuff. So I'm sure there'd yeah. be like a recalibration. Well, I think that you're absolutely right. And this other great movie called Avatar also <laughs> kind of right. plays to that, where the the war hero guy who totally forgot his name as well, but he then become goes into their world, and now all of a sudden has legs again. And he's like seven, eight feet tall because that's how tall these bodies are. And he has to like relearn how to physically do things because it's just not a not a thing that he does. And I think that you're absolutely right there because the whole idea where you have like phantom limbs. Right. Or what I like love. Like if you're an amputee. Yeah, and what I loved recently, like the idea of phantom vibrations for your phone. 
Oh. Because like if you always right. have your phone on vibrate, all of a sudden you'll start getting these phantom right. vibrations right. thinking you're getting a text message or something. Right. I liken that to being a mom with a newborn where you just like fan- phantom screams, phantom baby cries. Yeah. yeah. So that that physical feeling was because you've had so many years or so much experience with your body and with your movements now to think that you have to all of a sudden have longer legs or or right it'd be very disorienting yeah i feel like that would be you would essentially have to relearn how to walk Oh, that's right, because gravity's different. Like, the forces on your body are different. You'd have to, like, kind of relearn everything. Right. Your brain would be very confused. Well, and and your brain, this is fascinating to me, and again, no one's ever tried this for obvious reasons, but your brain maps movements, like, nerves to yep. your your body. So I don't think it would even be possible to switch brains because you'd be have tough. to remap all those nerves. It would be very tough. You'd have to like. That's why it's such a. It wouldn't just be the brain; it would also be like the brain stem. Well, you'd have to. You'd essentially have to tie your brain into your spinal cord. Right, which sounds impossible. Be very, very, very detailed electrical engineering, basically. Like you've got fifteen thousand little wires that you now have to splice back together i do think it's interesting that there has been more to my knowledge people interested in like being cryogenically frozen than spending money on research to just put their brain in a different body i think that because are there people literally like frozen right now just waiting or is that just like rumors i i feel like it's rumors i think it would make more sense to try and be uploaded i'm telling you I think that would make that more show sense. Had that, yeah, but the but also whole that doesn't I- make sense. The whole idea they had that you had to like in like the first episode. For all of you who haven't seen it, we suggest going and watching upload. But it's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah Prime. But they just like vaporize your head. Right. Like, how does that make any sense? Well, and that's it's also a, 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 it's a farce. A farce or a what's dark it? comedy parody, not a parody. Dark comedy. Yes, yeah, like a dark. Yeah, right. So it's being facetious, essentially. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Vaporizing your brain. It's that a would, satire. It's part satire, I would guess. Vaporizing your brain would never work. Well, and you have to upload within like the first like. Like before you die, like who has the time to like get yourself to like an upload? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, anyway we digress. The, well, it, I I think it's funny because we've now pointed out movies or shows or going even back to Frankenstein. Like there is literature talking about all of this. I guess Frankenstein doesn't really talk about the consciousness part, but people and thinking about their consciousness and continuing on after their physical bodies have failed there have been been those discussions over the past 15 20 years and definitely even before that but we see it quite frequently now i feel like we see what quite frequently that discussion of how do you live forever and oh. no longer no longer the idea of living forever in your physical body but now finding ways around having a an obvious 
Like your physical body is going to die, but how do you and your consciousness continue on? Yeah, I hate about that life. I, I, uh, I already know where I'm going. Right. I am going to continue on forever and ever and <laughs> ever and ever and ever and ever and form. ever. I was going to talk about in heaven. Oh, nice. But that's fine. That's another theological conversation we can have at another time. The hard part is that how are we really going to keep these podcasts going? Who's going to actually host this? Like, are we going to set that up so that way after we die, the hosting fees are paid for the next 20 plus years? No. If we die, this podcast dies. Yeah. And then it will have like a cult following. So we would not live in infamy. We will for sure be more famous after our deaths. Unless there's like that one person who is downloading each episode and saving it instead of just deleting it. But nobody's doing that. Oh, I don't know. I'm falling asleep. I'm sorry. I had four hours of sleep yesterday. Cool. It's time. We got to end this thing. We got to end it. We've been having a rough week. Where'd you go this week? This is the segment of, where'd you go? I thought it was a segment of signing off. I say here, you went to Houston and I was a single parent for 36 hours. For 36 hours. Hey, to all you single parents out there who have to do it all the time, like you're crushing it. So I was in Houston and that was that. Speaking of Houston, this show today is sponsored by Sleep. Yes, because what we've realized is that everybody needs sleep and the best time to listen to a podcast is after you've gotten some. So everybody go out there, have a nice, nice, restful sleep and get excited to listen to our podcast next week because you just listened to this one. And with that, I guess we should end it. Bye. But here we're going to go. Bye-bye.